Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A new poll shows a majority of economists think the Federal Reserve will tighten monetary policy more aggressively than the U.S. Central Bank has been projecting. Meanwhile, the European Central Bank has announced plans to tighten its monetary policy. And in China, clouds are darkening over one of the country's biggest property developers. Plus, the cryptocurrency world is watching closely as Washington takes on the big crypto exchange, Coinbase. We're standing in the middle of a moment of reckoning for an industry that has been able to grow quite quickly without much of a strong supervisory role from regulators that are trying to catch up as quickly as possible. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Nearly three out of four leading economists believe the Fed will raise interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point in 2022 in response to higher inflationary pressures. This is according to a survey of 49 academic economists conducted by the FT and the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. The results suggest a much more aggressive approach to tightening monetary policy than the Fed's most recent projections and market expectations. One out of five economists in the survey expect the move to come in the first six months of next year. Back in June, the Fed said that it will raise interest rates in 2023 at the earliest. A majority of economists polled also expect the Fed to soon reveal its plans to taper its bond-buying program and wrap up the process by next year. So when is a taper really a taper? Yesterday, the European Central Bank announced it would slow the pace of its pandemic asset purchase program, meaning it'll buy fewer bonds. So now you've got the Federal Reserve talking about tapering, and the Bank of England is talking about it too. The ECB's move. Is that technically also a taper? This is the most interesting question of the moment. That's the FT's Martin Arnold. Christine Lagarde, its president, said no. She said in a quote very similar to one that was made famous by Margaret Thatcher, the former British prime minister, she said the lady isn't tapering. And um, the reason that she can say that is because the ECB is expected to continue buying bonds all through next year and, and even into 2023, whereas the other central banks are starting to reduce their purchases down to zero The ECB says all it's doing at the moment is recalibrating the pace of its purchases, but it's not signaling that they're going to go down to zero anytime soon. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt bureau chief. Government regulators around the world are trying to wrap their heads in rules around cryptocurrencies. There have been various crackdowns, and now in the U.S., regulators are going head-to-head with one of the biggest cryptocurrency trading platforms, Coinbase. And global regulators are watching. To talk more about this, I'm joined by Stefania Palma. She's our U.S. legal and enforcement correspondent. Hey, Stefania. Hi, Mark. So briefly, Stefania, to help people catch up who haven't been following this daily drama, what does Coinbase do and what did it do to make the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, threaten to sue? 
So essentially, Coinbase is a cryptocurrency trading platform. It's one of the biggest in the U.S. And essentially, earlier this week, a couple of its executives said that the SEC had warned them that if they launched a new digital asset lending product that's called Lend, the SEC was going to sue them. And in addition to that, the regulator had also issued subpoenas to Coinbase to provide it uh, with more information. Okay, and what was Coinbase's response? So essentially, some of its senior executives just took to the web to share this news. The co-founder of the platform took to Twitter to basically go on a bit of a rant and express some frustration in terms of their own relationship with the SEC and the fact that, according to to Coinbase, it was not very clear how the regulator was going to assess these new products. And then, therefore, they were caught sort of a bit by surprise by this quite aggressive move by the regulator. And that's sort of what kicked off the the whole news cycle around this latest move. So it kind of sounds like they're blowing off steam because, and correct me if I'm wrong here, there's not a ton of explicit direction that these companies can follow from the SEC, right? Yes, and I think that's one of the points that a lot of the, the experts that we spoke to point to, to the fact that there still is little concrete guidance uh, for these crypto players uh, in terms of how to navigate regulation. But on the other hand, it is also fair to say this is all uh, very much sort of new products and U.S. regulators, as well as regulators all over the world, are kind of scrambling and playing catch up to some degree in terms of trying to figure out how best to supervise these new companies and the new products that they're coming out with. Now, we should mention that Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, has had cryptocurrencies in his crosshairs for a while, basically since he took on his position. You know, just last week, he told the FT that cryptocurrency trading platforms couldn't last long outside the U.S. regulatory framework. How does this warning towards Coinbase play into that? I think people in the crypto industry are very much aware of the fact that Gensler is not afraid of being very vocal about the risks that he sees in this industry. I mean, he has signaled already very serious concerns over consumer protection in this market, which he's called a wild west that is rife with fraud, scams and abuse. Um, And he's already called on uh, also Congress to give regulators more explicit authority to monitor these exchanges. And again, in the interview you just talked about with the FT last week, he also was quite disappointed with the response from crypto players after he was urging them basically uh, to register with the SEC. And he essentially said that some of these platforms are, quote, begging for forgiveness rather than asking for permission. So he really has come in to the SEC bringing in quite a strong approach to this new market, which has, again, ballooned. And I think his own moves also carry sort of additional weight also because he taught a course on this exact subject at MIT. He's recently also testified on crypto and other issues uh, before the European Parliament. Uh, So I think we're standing in in the middle of a moment of reckoning, I think, for an industry that for quite some time has been able to grow quite quickly without much of a strong supervisory role from regulators that are now are trying to catch up as quickly as possible. Stefania Palma is the FT's U.S. legal and enforcement correspondent.
There's a company in China that has the dubious honor of being the most indebted property developer in the world. It's called Evergrande. It's huge, and it's borrowed a lot. Now, this very indebted company is in trouble. So if you're a bondholder who's invested in Evergrande, either in China or on global markets, you are looking at the specter of this massive company defaulting. It's actually quite hard to imagine what a worst-case scenario would look like. That's the FT's Shanghai correspondent, Tom Hale. A bad scenario would be a default from Evergrande, which it warned over last week and which rating agencies seem to think it's probable that it will happen. If that did happen, a, a very bad scenario resulting from that would be that the many, many other property developers in China that rely on international bond markets and domestic bond markets in China to borrow, to buy land, to build apartments and other properties, that they would no longer be able to borrow. And that could trigger huge refinancing problems for other developers. So given these risks, we're now hearing reports that the central government is going to step in. Regulators agree to renegotiate payment deadlines, relax the rules. I mean, all of this seems like Beijing recognizes Evergrande as as being too big to fail, Tom. Yeah, I think in the absence of a direct bailout, uh, there, there was never any doubt over whether the government would be involved in some way, shape or form, precisely because, as you say, it's it's a company with, with such obvious systemic importance with, with so many potential ripple effects, both within and outside of China. And of course, they have uh, hundreds of ongoing projects to, to build apartments across hundreds of cities in China. But the real question for international investors is whether the particular solutions that Beijing and Evergrande come up with involve saving their investments or not. That's the FT's Shanghai correspondent, Thomas Hale. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, and Persis Love. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.